0: China tell me me. where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Steal this
1: So, um, Michelle Branch, you know what's um, God, what's a good song by Michelle Branch? Breathe. I like Breathe. Except How does that go?
0: If I just breathe, in a little piece of me, you'll see. It was in that terrible Julia Stiles movie, uh, that trailer where she marries the British guy. Julia she- Stiles marries a British guy. Yeah, it's like I think it was some sort of uh it was like a modern day take on like one of the either like a Shakespearean thing or a uh God, every time I try to think of a Michelle
1: Branch song, I just think of like somebody else from that period.
0: Yeah, it's called The Prince and Me.
1: So uh this is an off-topic episode. I guess I could just get into it since it's it's just recording. Yeah. Of uh Canada FM. And this was this was Brian. Brian's idea, and it came apropos seemingly of nothing. And I want to know why you want to do an off-topic on game shows.
0: I don't know. I mean, well, it, it's kind of timely uh, because they announced the new permanent host of Jeopardy. And uh, what a massive disappointment that was. <laughs> yeah. Can my, you imagine? I am
1: Bialik and that skinny weird. Well, Miami Alec is, you know, what I saw the list, Miami Alec and LeVar Burton were really the only two that were interesting. You know, Aaron's got to go play football, man. Aaron Aaron can't be hosting a game. (laughs) Um, But they're really the only ones that were interesting to me because everything else is like Anderson Cooper and just, you know, people who were professional hosts. You know what I mean? Um, So those are the two that were interesting to me. But um, it's like, I explained to somebody at work. It was like, let's just say they're going to recast Seinfeld. Okay. And it was a big thing about who they're going to cast as Kramer. And they broadcast the auditions live on television and every week you got see oh seth rogan comes in and he does kramer and then jonah hill comes in and he does kramer and uh, oh who's next kevin hart comes and does a different take on kramer and uh, next up you've got um melissa mccarthy does kramer you know what i mean it gets really crazy and really different and so you're getting really excited about all these possibilities of who could play the new kramer and they're like ah, yeah, we're just not
0: gonna do it or like we're gonna go with. Or just gonna like, get Michael Richards,
1: you know? Yeah. What I mean? Which I'm sure everybody I, I, I use Michael Richards because guy's name is Mike Richards, uh, but you know, and it, yeah, it was what's what we wanted. And I talked to a, a an older guy at work who watches Jeopardy every night, and he said the episodes Mike Richards hosted were the best ones, and he was the closest to channeling Alex and doing as good a job Alex did. Right. So he thought it was the right pick, but for the casual viewer. Uh, who's seeing all these interesting takes and possibilities? It was just a big roller
0: coaster ride to
1: lead to nothing.
0: See, I would have been okay if it was just that Mike Richards guy, because wasn't he just a contestant who just did very well? No, you're thinking of Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings oh, okay. hosted
1: a couple episodes during that audition process.
0: Okay. Who is Mike Richards again? Mike Richards is the
1: executive producer of the show. Right. So it'd actually be less like Michael Richards
0: getting his job, and then giving the job to Larry David. Yeah, exactly. as Kramer. Yeah, imagine, imagine LD popping into Jerry's apartment. That'd be the most anticlimactic. He'd just be walking in there with his shoulders all shrugged, like, "Hey, hey, buddy." Can I there, is ep- <laughs> there
1: is an episode of Curve in the new season. Where Larry does break into a Kramer impression. He's oh like, really? Oh, you better believe it. And then they're like, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's it's Kramer. It's Kramer. Oh, giddy up, buddy. Oh, <laughs> you better believe it.
0: <laughs> he just kind of is in
1: his own world doing his little Kramer impression. It's funny.
0: But uh yeah, the so I mean that was the that was the main reason why I thought about it. Also, I was just thinking about because people who have listened to our show, um, mm-hmm. who've who've uh texted me feedback they like how such big of music nerds we are and it got me thinking do you remember that it wasn't a terrible show it was enjoyable for its time but do you remember beat the geeks yes I think now we probably knowing what we know now we could probably handle those music geeks I am the movie geek I am going
1: to go out on a limb from someone who has been on a game show and I'm just assuming you want to talk about that tonight yeah we can talk about it um, I was thinking about today. Would I have uh, same success on that type of pop culture game show? Well, I didn't have any success on the game show, but <laughs> i have been able to get on the game show in the first place had it been of today's standard, yeah. and I don't think I would have been able to. I yeah. think pop culture is so vast right now.
0: Right? Maybe yeah. one song of the Billboard Top Ten. Uh, doesn't uh, Kanye hold have on. a new song? Let me, let me look it up. Hold on, hold on. No, I, I need a song and title. We're such music geeks here. <laughs> Billboard Top 10. Um, Billboard, Billboard Hot 100. I'll go with Hot 100. Is uh, okay. Is My Bloody... Let me bring it up. Is My Bloody Valentine by Machine Gun Kelly still on the charts? <laughs> hold on. I just said Top
1: 10. So let me see here.
0: Okay, where are we here?
1: All right. You want Machine Gun Kelly, My Bloody Valentine. Or Brian, a- that is not in the top ten. That hasn't shit. been top ten in like forever.
0: It, it's apparently been a very long time since it was top ten. Machine Gun Kelly
1: breaking top ten.
0: They still play it on the edge and shit. They played Machine Gun Kelly on the edge. I mean, he's got guitars, and I what think happen Trav- to the edge. Trav, oh yeah, they've, oh. I don't know. In- in- you know, you know has what? changed so much. He's
1: got insane popularity. He's got fame and fortune. He's got Megan Fox. Yeah, I'm always going to look at him from his episode where he co-hosted Catfish. And it turned out the girls that were getting Catfish were playing the show. And he got really mad. And when he started yelling at the girls for, like, playing the show, he sounded like such a dork. (laughs) He kept saying, You're corny! You're corny, man! And I was like, What an idiot! So, Oh, that is my uh, my what's stuck in my head when I think of Machine Gun Kelly. But anyhow, you haven't answered any of my questions. Top 10. Go ahead. Easy game show question. Name one song of this week's top 10. <sighs> I know Kanye's got a new album out. That's Kanye be is there. not in the top 10 right now. Really? No, he's not. Uh,
0: Kanye also hasn't been in the
1: top 10 forever. He just put out a new album like last out He's in, in the top 10. What do you want? Uh, keep going down here and see who Kanye is. Hey. Let's ask you name me a song. And I'm going through here, Brian. I'm into the top 20. I don't see Kanye West at all. <sighs> okay, give me a
0: couple. Spit out a couple.
1: Okay, so number 10, you've got Save Your Tears by The Weekend and Ariana Grande. Number nine, Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. Number eight, Montero. Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. You should know that one. That's a big hit. Industry Baby by Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Butter by BTS. Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring DaBaby. Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. And Stay by The Kid Leap by the kid leroy. I hope I got that. I'm so lame I can't even name the artist on the top of charts. <laughs> the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Okay. So, so Justin it, Bieber is technically number 1.
0: So right there. That's why I don't know anything cuz all this is trash. <laughs> you don't know her, Olivia Rodrigo? No. Olivia Rodrigo is huge right
1: now. She did that song uh, Stolen Car Driver's License. That's it. it was a big it.
0: Why don't you just get your wife a third mic if she's going to keep popping in the background? <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, me and you are not up on today's pop culture like we okay. used to be. I'm just saying. I, I feel like even in a show like Beat the Geeks, like if we, I'm sure it's probably on YouTube somewhere. It, it They probably don't go that deep to like, Like, the Music Geek, I don't think he probably did that contemporary stuff. I think they probably dug more in, like, the... Because it was, what, 2010s when that show was on? Beat the Geeks was, like, 2000. Oh, Brian, this was, like, mid-aughts. Okay, so it probably dug in the 90s and 80s, and, like, the real obscure stuff was probably, like, weird 70s shit, which we Mm -hmm. could probably get. But we'd have to watch an episode again to see, but... But that's the thing. If it was a show like Beat the Geeks, that's just concentrated. Like, you just have to beat either the movie geek or the TV geek. You don't have to, like, have a full base, right? Uh, well, that was at
1: the end of the show. You would have to take on one of the geeks, either the movie, film, or TV geek or the guest geek because there's always a guest geek. Oh, that's right. And you have to take on one of them, and that's when you'd win your your big prize. Um. So, but throughout the show, you had to answer all the questions and they were from all the geeks. That's fair. But still, I I think we'd do okay. I think if I could teleport back or going into the time machine back to the mid-aughts, I'd do good. But then again, I thought I was going to do good on Inside the Box, and I didn't. Well, you almost made it to the final. God, it's different, Brian, when you're under those lights. It's not as easy as it seems when you're when you're when you're, you know, sofa quarterbacking a game show. It's much harder when you're actually in front of the camera to try to think on your feet.
0: That's true. I mean, Mike and Brandon, our two buddies, like to chirp you mercilessly about that experience. But they're like those two idiots wouldn't have. First of all, they don't put themselves out there. So they don't try. Mike would be like, I have better things to do than try to be on a game show, please.
1: Well, I think what we got to do is is we got to we got to let's let's slow things down here and talk about inside the box. Cause you know what? I'm going to need to talk about it. So we're going to have to get right into it. Okay. So inside the box was a Canadian game show that was on a short lived network called TV tropolis. Um, it was all about television trivia and they did it 20 questions style. Somebody would sit inside this giant prop TV, the box, if you will. <laughs> and you would answer Uh, you would ask the people questions. Questions appeared for you on a screen. So you couldn't ask them any question that came to your head to try to get the the answer right. It had to be the ones that were provided for you. Um, You you were either guessing a dramatic TV show, comedic TV show, um, dramatic actor, uh, dramatic character, stuff like that, right? Um, And you have to go through the questions and you bank time. So that's what you're playing for is time, not points. So once you're in the box, you've got your time. If you ask a question, you can bank some more. And You get get one right that they throw at you because when they say, hey, um, did this show take place in the 70s? And you say, yes, this dramatic show took place in the 70s. You got that right so you get like an extra couple of seconds and to get it wrong that impacts your time when you go into the box so you're starting a little bit behind yes (laughs) so that is how the whole thing went and uh, it's very fast paced Um, me and you were fans of the show we watch it all the time and we do that we'd sit around on the couch and we would uh, try to guess and we always thought we could do better than the people that were on there so when they put out an advert for contestants who sent it to me and this is when I was trying to make a big splash of the world in uh, radio or wherever my career would take me so I responded to it and they brought me in for an audition
0: now have I ever gone through with you what the audition process was like no but I assume it's probably a quick interview and maybe a few quick trivia questions not at
1: all not at all you're with that like blocks because they have blocks throughout the day and they'll bring in like 50 60 people Oh shit, and you stand in the room, and the first thing they start doing is they start playing improv games, the producers because they want someone who's going to be able to think on their feet and they want someone who's going to be um like kind of funny and entertaining, yeah, so the game we played, and uh, I remember one of the producers it was two girls and a guy, and the guy looked and sounded just like Lewis Black. <laughs> Was he like Oxnard near the beach? A little <laughs> bit, because we did this game where you, we were say the alphabet. And when you got to your letter that you were in the alphabet, you had to make some kind of quip about a TV show. So, for instance, when it got to me, I landed on S. I said, Sanford and Son has the greatest theme song ever. And everyone loved it for whatever reason. Everyone thought that was great. So... <laughs> um, uh what's it called someone who was C said castle so something like uh, I love watching that Nathan Fillion on castle and the guy went off he hates the show castle <laughs> it had only been on for like five or six episodes at the time it was like brand new it's like what a piece of crap that show <laughs> I remember oh that, and I remember another guy who was like two people down for me, who had a little comment on everything. Well, like I was like, oh my god, like got a little critique for every show someone would bring up. So like I said S, and then like a girl two down for me had V, so that's a tough one to come up yeah. with V for television. So she said, Veronica uh, Mars. Uh, she said Veronica Mars. She did. Yeah. She said, Veronica Mars is a popular show that I've never seen. And this guy was like, oh, too bad. Too bad. You'd really like it. (laughs) They're trying to move on, but he just wouldn't stop talking. This guy sounds like such a wiener. After they do that, you break for a second. And then from that group, you just kind of mix and mingle, right? And then from that group that went in, um, the big 60 group that were there, uh, they break you off into smaller groups of like five or six and you'd sit there in a little group meeting with the producers and they would just toss it around the room. They had your application, they had questions they were going to ask you, and it was boom, boom, boom. And for me, all they asked at the time I was working at Boston Pizza. And the guys was like, Ted, tell us about Boston Pizza. And I'm like, oh, I'll tell you, it's a good way to make money. and I, I came up with something. And they seem to like it, right? It satisfied them. And then they just throw trivia at you for TV. Off the cuff trivia. I remember one of them was, what was the name of the dog? I'm mad about you. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't get asked that question. I can't remember what I got asked. I got mine right. Don't know how. Luck of the draw. But yeah, Brian, what was the name of the dog? I'm mad about you.
0: Uh, Max? I don't
1: know. You're close. You're close. It was Murray. Oh. Huh. Uh, and then uh, what was uh, Tori Spelling's character on uh, 90210? What was her name?
0: Um, First see, and last. Brenda with Shannon Doherty. Uh, fuck. I never watched I watched like three episodes when I was growing yeah. up of 90210. I don't remember. Donna Martin. All right.
1: And the reason I remembered because it was like the ones I couldn't get right. I remember they focused on those, like, ah, they might, this might be on my show. I gotta remember this, right? So I remember from every group, they'd taken one or two people from my group. I think I had that chatty guy in my group, too. Uh, They took three of us. So three of us got to move on. Uh, and they tell you right there, which is great. You don't have to wait around for a phone call. Afterwards, oh, they gather around. They said, we want to thank everybody. The people that are moving on are so-and-so, so-and-so. And I was last, and they only had two for everything else. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, but also, I'm like, how the fuck do you not pick me? I did a great job. No, I did well. Like, and Ted. Ted gets to go, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right. I remember I walked from wherever they did the audition to Union Station it was like I was walking on air.
0: You, on I your way out? So good. On your way out, you should have been such a poor sport to that guy. You should be like, hey, fella, where's your quip this time? Huh? And just like really kicking <laughs> oh, he while did, he's down. He made it, though. Oh, did he?
1: Oh, did, He did make the show, yeah. Uh, it's like, who would have been moved had I done that so
0: long?
1: <laughs> that sounds like such a tool. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember this, though. I was walking to, to get the train. And I was just happy and I was smiling. I was like, Hello. To people on my way. And I thought it was king shit. And I saw this like emo kid and he had like the hair down and he was looking real mad. And I was like, shut up, bud.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I would have laughed if you said, oh said something, said oh something nice gosh. to the wrong guy. Like you're trying to be nice, but you're still a dink <laughs> about it. And some guy just beats the crap out of you. Oh man. well, so that happens.
1: Then they call you with your show date. And they film like five or six of these shows a day. So um, I remember you get there and they sit you. They just sit you with the contestants and the alternates. The alternate was a bit of a – I'm glad the alternate wasn't on the show because he gets paid to be there. He's huh. basically – they picked out two or three people who didn't make the cut and they were just like, uh, hey, you know, we think that you're pretty good. Um, you want to make some extra dough and uh, uh, just hang around all day and be an alternate. So the guy that we had, it was our alternate. His job was like a night watchman at like a cranberry silo. Uh, that's where he worked but he was like a night watchman i guess job was he worked security nights and it was just a quiet place that he worked so he had all this downtime so he had notebooks written like the guy from seven with just tv trivia he had written out what a nerd oh yeah and he was going off on kim possible the show kim possible and all these records kim possible apparently set so yeah that was weird but the other two girls that i was up against were cool and uh, we were kind of just like shooting the shit about TV and stuff like that. I was the youngest cast member by far. I think I was like 21. And so that made me feel good. I think I was like yeah. the youngest cast member they had on the show that season. Um, you meet with the producers. They go over some things with you. They try to keep it loose. They, the producers, too, to make sure that you're like, cool. They'll just sit and talk with you. Yeah. Right? To, to keep you on edge. And they'll throw the conversation around. These were different guys. Louis Black wasn't there. These were... <laughs> different guys. Um, and they're really, really nice. And uh, we never saw Sam, the host, We never saw him until we were on stage. Cause he's hosting other shows. Right. So we get up there and we talked around. And I remember we talked about like some different TV shows that we liked. And one of the things we were talking about was Bobby's world. Great Howie Mandel. For some reason that came up, we're talking about cartoons. So we get up to the uh, stage You know what they tell me? Ted, you're in the box first. Uh, Okay. All right. I'm in the box, right? There's no crowd for this show. So literally, you see the other two contestants in their little chairs, and they're in, in the bright lights. I'm in the box. And out of the darkness emerges Sam Kalalili. I can't, I can't remember his last name. I'm sorry. Um, he walks out. He's a real nice guy. He shakes everyone's hand and chats with us and everything like that. Right? So my strategy, once I realized the game was a little bit different, I couldn't ask whatever I wanted to ask. I, ha- I had the questions appear on my board. I'm like, okay, shit. I got to get through these fast because I knew it was about timing. Right? Yeah. So I sped through. I asked the questions super fast just to get the timing right and i didn't get it i want to get to the first clue real fast just so i knew i'd get the answer right because they give you two clues you got like a certain amount of questions you have to get answers for and then you get the clues it's it's a thing right because i'm new i can get it off the clue yeah and uh so it was a 70s sitcom okay i'm asking all these questions okay i'm doing it fast so within 30 seconds, read the first clip. I'm doing good. And Sam, the host, he's kind of laughing because he's never seen someone go this fast before. And the clue was, um, it had switched networks. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I, fuck. You know, I thought he, he was going to give me an actor who was on the show. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something a lot more simple than that. Or like a big, so, big plot or something. Or I asked one or two questions. And one of the questions was... Uh, is one of the characters on this show a boxer? And I'm like, that's oddly specific. So I <laughs> asked it. And then I started thinking, okay, boxers, boxers. Tony Danza played a boxer on Taxi. Taxi, it's last season, Switch Networks. It's got to be Taxi. So I stopped the clock, made my answer. Taxi, yes, got it, Right. <laughs> get out of there, and he's making jokes about me, he made me trash talk one of the girls uh, who was on the show, because he he liked me, right, he's a good character, right so we're going through it, and after the first round of questioning, I got the lead okay Um, and then set my second time in the box and I had to guess um, a character from a dramatic series a little bit hard okay so I'm getting all these questions. Nothing is coming to my head. I'm totally zapped. Yeah. The first clue they give me—I mean, doing the same strategy—but it's really not coming around because you know I'm more of a sitcom guy. Yeah. The first clue was, um, this the, this character served under Christopher Pike. I think I guess Gomer Pyle. Oh, that was one of the clues, Christopher. That's Pike? The new story! movie hasn't come out yet
0: uh,
1: the chris pine movies haven't come out yet okay okay that was the first clue i had no idea so i guess gomer pyle and then sam thought that was funny we moved on i was getting more and more frustrated so i got to the second clue real fast this is a logical answer
0: he throws Ooh, that mean Spock. i
1: didn't know i thought he was making fun of me there we go like you haven't gotten it yet they can't see it, Brian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I might cut a clip or two on this on Instagram. Okay. Throw it up there. So there you go. You get my Spock hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so frustrated.
1: I didn't get it. And my lead, I still had the lead. Yeah. But all of that time I had incurred just threw please. me way back. Shit. So the next girl goes into the box. And she did pretty well. Terrible. And Lo and behold, me and the other girl We look at her screen because we get to see the answer She doesn't The answer is Howie Mandel oh. Who we had just been talking about And I looked at the screen I looked up at the other girl And she looked at me And we're both like, what the fuck <laughs> Wow, she got it. this is so easy She flew through the questions And you know what the first clue was? What? He does silly voices could be anybody. Yeah, she guessed Howie Mandel right away. Of course, Adam into the lead. So, I, I, at that point, I knew I was I wasn't gonna gain any ground. And uh, I think I remember I got one wrong. It, it was like Peter Griffin was the answer. And one of the questions was, "This person's been a member of Simon and Garfunkel." And I guess they did one of the random cutaways where Peter was in Simon and Garfunkel, and I totally yeah. forgot about it. And I was like, "No." And they're like, "Sorry, Ted, that's incorrect. That'll be more time put on your social. Like,
0: <laughs> you can see me a little frustrated. If, but, only, uh, if only the Howie Mandel clue was this former comedian used to do a gimmick where he blew up a, a glove with his nose. Yeah, now that's more specific to Howie Mandel. Yeah, exactly. Surgical. So that's what it was. At, at
1: the end, was for. end of the day, uh, I think she won. Did she win? No. Cause she lost the final round where you can win money, but she got to go on to the next episode. Oh, uh, okay. So I don't think she won the 5,000 bucks, but she got to go on and play again. Uh, That's like for a semester's tuition. For finishing in second, I got a t-shirt. <laughs> I kept that shirt forever because now they don't have the episode anymore, and it's not online. <laughs> I don't have any uh, keepsakes from that show. Why don't you but have a- I think I gave it to Goodwill. Oh, and it had stains on it, and I never wear it anymore. And I know that makes me sound horrible that I give stained shirts to Goodwill, but yeah.
0: <laughs> it's better than going to the garbage, right? Hey, I, for that specific reason, have not donated my my holy Echo shirt because. <laughs> I'm a better person than you fundamentally. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: look, now you know my history of being on a game show. Uh, did you watch my episode, Brian? What'd you think? How'd it do?
0: I didn't watch it. I never. You know, uh... Watching my best friend. You've never watched it you jerk no actually sorry that's not true we didn't we all watch it together once at the slanty shanty i think we did yeah yeah so i mean i have vague memories of that but it's because it was you i just couldn't take it seriously and plus campbell and uh people were being such dinks about it just like oh ted i can't believe you bungled that uh star trek clue and that it's like sorry we're not we're not a bunch of nerds like you guys are
1: well how about this I was on a game show. You're being the asshole sitting down here. Go apply next year and see if you make it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Campbell, like Campbell, doesn't have that ham personality that you do. He's not meant for a game show. Maybe, maybe a Swarmy like win Ben Stein's money or uh, or Jeopardy (laughs) or something where you can be really obnoxious about it. (laughs) (laughs) just <laughs> stuffed shirts so that would Benstein <laughs> that's true actually there was a bunch of questions i got I, I would have beat there's a couple of times I mean uh, granted this is me being on the sofa uh but there's definitely a few times I would have beat Ben Stein yeah well well they're they're, they're grab bag questions yeah like it could it's it's just
1: random trivia on that show yeah so that one was was kind of easy not easy but it was it on the right day it could be easy. On the wrong day, it could be hard. But that's the nature of the business, I guess, of game shows. Yeah. Uh, Now, while we're at it, I've got to tell my saga. Yeah. What are some of the game shows you wanted to address on this uh, episode?
0: Well, I was just going to say, I was going to start off by saying, what is one of the earliest game shows you remember watching when you were a youngster? You know, okay.
1: I can think of I don't know the name of it. Okay. And I, I, I hope people chime in on this one in the yeah. comment section. It was this kid's game show. And you and your teammate had to sit in like a car. I knew you were going to say that. I was yeah. thinking about that too. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. And you do all these trivia questions. At the end, you got to go to this like crazy toy wall that had all these awesome toys. And you get to pick a toy. That was your prize. Yeah. And because they were in the car, they had to clap over their heads like this.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember what the show was called. I have tried so many times Googling like car, uh, sorry, like fake car game show, like kids yeah. game show, racing car. I've tried Googling so many things well, like that, and it'll come up empty. I've waxed poetic on this show before with people, and it told me the name, and it never sounds right.
1: Really? I can't remember what it is. I never remember it. But yeah, it was only like Saturday mornings on Global. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Um, I think I mentioned on the show before, I used to be really like video and our yes. Top 10 on YTV. And I think I mentioned before on the show that I once saw Nicholas Pickles, the host of that show, <laughs> yeah. his haircut. He was just in front of me, a line at the barber, and he was getting his haircut. He was talking to that big voice the entire time. So, yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, those were early shows that I really, really liked. You know, it was the stuff that was like geared at kids. Yeah. I enjoyed, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I remember when I was when I was probably grade. Oh, I forgot one more. Carmen Sandiego. You took the freaking words right Did out of my I? mouth. Yes. I was literally just about to say one of my early memories when I was a youngster on, it was on TVO waiting for uh some sitcom to start. I think it was like a kid's sitcom or something, but I know that's what it was. It was on channel four. I would watch Carmen Sandiego, and then I would watch Full House right after it. That's oh, yeah, what, that was sure, my routine. Yeah. So uh, I, I I always wanted to be on Carmen Sandiego. I also wanted to be on Video in Arcade Top 10, but my brother was meant for that show. He played every video game he could get his hands on when we were young. But plus, that one wasn't trivia-based, so he could have done it. I must uh, also say
1: that if there's one show that can knock Sanford and Son off the tippy-top of all-time theme songs... It's Where in the World is Carmen Diego? Oh, yeah. Uh, Rockapella? Oh. oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> I'm going to drop a little bit in at the start. Don't you I'll worry. i do it. Hey! I can't think of any other game shows that had its own, like, I don't know what came first, the game show or the cartoon, but it had its own follow-up show afterwards. Yeah. Okay, but it was the computer game that started the Carmen San
1: Diego franchise. Right. So the computer game started Carmen San Diego. Um, there's like four or five volumes on that. It was when he had like ten disks he had to load into your Commodore. Um, <laughs> and then the PBS show happened. Um, and then uh, then the cartoon. Where is Carmen San Diego? Carmen San Diego. Where? Anyhow, um, that was that theme song wasn't as good. And then they had a "Where in Time Is Carmen San Diego?" game show as well. Yeah. Um, there is a YouTuber called Defunct Land and Defunct Land has some great videos and he has one on the Carmen San Diego franchise, specifically the game show. So, oh, okay, there you go.
0: Now, yeah. there's so there's the kids' ones, but at what point did you get into some of the other ones? Like, I'll tell you one that I loved and I, sure. I, ha- I haven't watched it since it came back, but one that I always when I was in the summertime, when I was off school, I had a routine in the mornings because my parents would both work and I'd be at home with my brother. But my brother like slept in half the day so I'd have the TV to myself all morning then I'd spend the afternoon going out and playing, or going to the pool for swimming lessons or whatever. But um, I would watch Supermarket Sweep. Love Supermarket Sweep. I was one I wanted to Love be it. Over.
1: And then You know, would, here's the thing though. Whenever they did those little... You know, okay, so... All we think about Supermarket Sweep and how well we do is because when they get to run through the supermarket and pick up shit at the end. yeah, That's what you want to do. You forget the fact <laughs> yeah. you got to find specific things. Those clues they give you are impossible because yeah. they're so time sensitive. They're on the advertising campaign of the day. It's actually a really tough game show. You just looked at it because it was so much fun as a kid. See, we'll <laughs> do this mad dash through the supermarket.
0: Uh, yeah, that's uh, all I thought of it was the end.
1: What the the, next time you're standing in the checkout line and you hear the cash register beep, think of the fun you'd have playing supermarket (laughs) sweep. That part?
0: No, I mean the the just the free for all. The free for all where they're going for all the hams and random shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that was the thing. It was always someone going for like ten hams. (laughs) The hams? They're prosciuttos, I believe. Whatever. Those were always like freebies. Yeah. So I think if you load it up on
1: prosciuttoes, like you didn't have to get the clues right. They were just free points. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it um, bugged me when I was a kid because they'd look for those big items that had the sticker on them. Yeah. Um, and they give them a clue right away. And so me not even realizing how the game's playing, like, why don't they just stick their damn arm out, <laughs> <You> knock <laughs> like, everything into them? Yeah. Exactly. And they make it tougher for the next guy because he's got to bend
0: down and pick everything up.
1: But that's not how the game show worked.
0: That'll work. Unfortunately. Yeah. What else um, you got? Obviously, the, the big King Krupa, uh, I would watch, after Supermarket Sweep, I would watch Price is Right.
1: Yes. Everyone watches Price is Right.
0: I know, but I mean... I have not watched it much in the last 10 years since Drew Carey took over, but... Uh, no, neither have he's, I. He's plenty... Af- I mean, the thing is, he's, he's actually... fine. He does a fine job. Yeah, he's probably more upbeat. The thing about Bob Barker, which made him so great, is because he had this grandpa, like, kind of, like, almost... Like, he gave a shit, even though he's done it probably so many times. He's probably doing, like, lines up low to get through the day. just just felt the Scotts like, that he doesn't even give a shit, but... Uh, or is Drew Carey you know he's still seen? alive. I know Bob Barker. He's like 96. That's crazy. Yeah, he can still beat up Adam Sandler. Well, he's a black belt. Of course he <laughs> can. But you could now. Sandler's all fat and roly poly. I know, wearing his big gym shorts and his six XL <laughs> shirts.
1: Like, oh, those giant shorts he always wears, it's like he's bracing himself. Yeah, it's like. Eh.
0: I'm going to fit into these one day. Just to, uh, get ready for it. He's, he's going, he's going to get ready for his Kevin James phase. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? So I watched those two. Then I'd always watch Baywatch and then I'd go to the pool. But uh, or I'd go out and play. That was my like Saturday or like yeah. weekday morning routine in the summertime. Well, I think everyone discovers
1: the prices right in the summer because really from 11 to 12, that's the only thing on TV. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone acts so insane on that show <laughs> to get on camera and it's a big struggle. You know, what's kind of funny. I know during our last off topic, we talked about Woodstock 99, yeah. same guy at my work who went to Woodstock 99 was on Price is Right. Really? Same guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Have you ever, uh, Hey, you he have... doesn't hold back. He sees something he wants to do and he does goes for it. That's uh, a yeah. man of man of action. Yeah, <laughs> Brian approves. Yeah. Um, did you ever see Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad's audition or not audition, but his he debut on, on? Yeah, yes, I Just did. Yeah, being such a spaz.
1: Yeah, well, he was excited. Yeah, I liked. Uh, oh God, Honestly, I, liked it. I liked it when they'd screw up the um, the contestants. Yeah, so I remember one guy. He kept doing this thing with his arms. he was rolling his arms back and forth like that. He kept doing that <laughs> like it was his thing. All right! it looks like he's and trying he to be won- Dante Culpepper he walked out there and he was like trying to hype up the crowd and Bob, you could tell was getting annoyed by this guy because he kept doing that. And uh, he went and I guess he kind of lost track of where he was on the stage because he opened up like the prize door instead of like hitting the thing. He got like the things mixed up. So he opened one of the things that one of the, the the prices red beauties is supposed to touch and not him. And it gave away the answer. And so Bob gets on the mic. He's like, I'm going home. (laughs) What a shit! He ended up giving the guy the prize. Wow! The guy got the prize after all that. Yeah, yeah. The other funny moment I remember on Price is Right when I was younger was seeing a guy on the show. I remember he was the first Canadian I ever saw on the show, so I was all excited. The guy was from Canada, wanted to, to do well. Yeah. And he got to the showcase showdown, and the prize he had to bid on was a trip for two to Vancouver. Oh my god. And Bob asked them, Bob, have you been to Vancouver? He's like, 10-minute drive from my house. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob had to, like, assure everyone, like, the prizes were, you know, selected way in advance. They had no idea, like, a guy from Vancouver was going to win a trip from Vancouver. Yeah. So I think what ended up happening, I think he lost anyway. So didn't matter. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, what he did was he was the first one up, so he passed because you don't have to bid on the first uh, showcase. Yeah. So he passed because they're not going to have two trips to Vancouver for you to bid on. Obviously. And uh, yeah, so the, the other girl bid on that one. I, but I think she won. I think he lost. But
0: oh, I can't okay. remember.
1: Yeah. What was that? any other good prices Right memories for you?
0: Um, I mean... I used to get so angry every time. There's always the one guy who his whole shtick during the showcase showdown was to be the $1 guy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not, not the showcase showdown. It's just how it starts. Or Sorry. Uh, not the showcase. What does it call it? The main thing. It's, there's just, this, a, it's just the game. There's, a, there's the, no the name the for it. Contestants, contestants row. row. Contestants there it row. Yeah, contestants row. row. There, there's always the $1 guy or there's always his – the guy's strategy was always, what did this idiot bet? All right, 501. Just yeah. to like, to like I'm like come on, come up with you the know, ex- fucking answer. I get so mad.
1: It is a strategy though that works. Yeah. My favorite is the guy who gets called up right at the beginning of the show and he's there the whole
0: oh, yeah. show and never makes it up. <laughs> just feels like such an <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> he got on, right?
0: Yeah, uh, it probably feels like uh, yeah, it's nice to get on but it's it's like uh it's like being picked last in gym class where you're just sitting there like, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to be standing here all day. Oh, God. Have you uh,
1: seen the documentary on Netflix about the Price is Right, about the contestant that um, they, they call him like the greatest contestant in Price is Right history? He went to the show almost like he went to the show regularly. He lived in L.A., right? Yeah. I think he only got called up twice. Um, and I think he did end up winning something, but didn't go any further than that. But he would go all the time, and he he was a really good player, just because yeah. everyone is. I and mean, we stand in line, you do pricing games, so people befriended this guy in line. They'd go up and they'd point him out. They go, "Hey, uh, Jim, what was the name of that?" Jim would be like, mm-hmm. "Give him the side seven, you know, seven hundred, right?" Yeah, and they trust him. But he got pointed out in the crowd so often that Bob knew who he was. He's like, "We've seen this man so many times, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that," and it would annoy him. Yeah. So Bob retires, and Drew Carey comes in, and what happened? The gu- the guy who had gone up looked at him in the crowd again. Yeah. Right. And for whatever reason, the information he threw up to him, this guy trusted him, was the exact. Amount for the prize, which has happened like twice in Price's Right history. Right. So the guy got banned from the show. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll and it was a big deal. Because Drew Carey's people, when he took over, there was a lot of we love Bob people who Drew got threats when he started on The Price's Right. Wow. Just for the sake that he wasn't Bob Barker. Yeah. So there was a lot of people, and also like, apparently the producers, there was a big change over in every department. So a lot of people lost their job. Not really Drew, Drew Carey's fault, but yeah. you got to have a scapegoat. Yeah, for sure. And so he had been getting threats from people that they were going to sabotage the show. And that they were going to, you know, run him out of town on a rail and bring, Bob, bring in Bob at 95 to keep hosting. <laughs> um, so they took it very seriously because they actually thought it was a threat on the show. Yeah. And it was just a guy who was a fan and was good at the games. Yeah, go figure. Now check it out that documentary if you can.
0: Do you know what show got so was so popular or such like a, it was like a trailblazer, if you will, for kids' games? But we never got it up here, to my knowledge. I don't remember watching it. I remember watching something similar with the. Do you remember? Uh oh. Yes. Uh oh. But wink uh, Yahoo. Yeah. Oh, when he say that, punisher! <laughs> <laughs> you cool in his, your head. Uh, yeah. But before that, there was that show Double Dare. Yeah, and that was such a big, you know, because I I heard this whole podcast about uh, it was called the History of the '90s about like the Nickelodeon. And one of the cornerstones of Nickelodeon's early programming was this one Canadian show that they bought because it was so cheap. And then this other was it. You can't do this on TV. It was.
1: Yeah. Alanis Morissette got
0: her break on that show. Really? She was one of the kids on You Can't Do This on TV. Yeah. Yeah. But Double Dare was the other one. It was such a such a big pop culture thing. Like even they did a whole episode about it on the Goldbergs. Yeah, it was a big deal. Mark Summers. It was yeah. yeah, and like even Good Charlotte did a Double Dare like parody thing on one of their videos, but we never got to see that. I never remember no. watching Double Dare. It, 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 the, the, occasionally, by TV,
1: you have to catch it at the right time, and they wouldn't have them on for very long. You would see some of those kids' game shows from Nickelodeon, like they had. Ah, uh, my God, the one about like the cursed temple. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No, it's Oh, Legend of the cursed temple or something like that. Again, defunct land does an episode about it. Okay. Uh, but it was one of those interactive kids game shows, which is so much fun to watch. Even as yeah. an adult getting to see a game show, you're not just sitting behind a podium. is a lot of fun. Yeah. And they were all geography based uh, questions. I believe there as well. Problem solving stuff. Um, sometimes they would do a run in the summer or we're like three o'clock on a Saturday they air an episode of a uh, no, of a Double Dare yeah. or one of the equivalent game shows. Um, and you get to see those there. But that was about it.
0: I'll tell Here, you. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Now I was going to say, well, go, go ahead first, because mine, mine can wait. Well, I was going to say one other game show. I mean, it's a game show, but it's also more of an athletic competition. But one that I used to love was American Gladiators. That one was- oh yeah. That's a game show. You can pay yeah. for a
1: prize. It's a game show. Yeah. yeah. I loved the American gladiators and-, and there was a kid's one too called guts. Yeah. It was like do you have it? Guts. And there was also like American Gladiators Jr. too, where they'd have yeah. that. And then like I remember like Sabre would come on. Saber was my guy. He was my favorite. And he'd tell you why smoking was bad. And walk up to people on the street, rip cigarettes out of their mouths, and destroy them in his hands. And yeah. they had all these little
0: PSAs throughout it. Yeah. What uh man, I I always loved the the cage, the cage ball, and I love the gauntlet. That one was just, that was so. It looks so fun, but it also looked exhausting. There's no way I could do that. The cage ball? No, I could. Do um, the, I could do the cage ball. I couldn't do the gauntlet. No friggin' way. I, I'd get way too winded trying to do the gauntlet. The gauntlet looked like the most fun though. Yeah, but like just like the little things, like the uh, uh, the one. When you got to go against that or go through the thing where you're using your, your arm cycle, where you're holding yeah. that. Not only have to use grip strength to hold yourself up, but you still got to do like the cycles to propel yourself oh, yeah. like a good 20 feet. That would just, I wouldn't even be able to make it that in itself. Oh, you, you have to be in tremendous
1: shape, yeah, to do the show. You'll see people get uh, right where the show, and whenever they did the gala, here's what I remember usually. They go up the wall 50-50. Some people tank on the wall. Oh, yeah. It's on the brutal. gauntlet because they're tired for the rest of the show. Yeah, But then you'd see them when they get to the spinny uh, balance beam. Yeah. That was always what separated the two. Yeah. And one thing about the gauntlet, while it did kind of look fun to do if I wasn't in a competition and I was just having fun, <laughs> um, the one thing about the gauntlet, so rarely would you have a close race.
0: Oh, yeah. It one was always a blowout.
1: Smoked.
0: Yeah. That's the one drawback of American Gladiators. What was like the there was another kids kind of one. It wasn't quite American Gladiators. It wasn't quite a double dare, but I remember vaguely, um, they there was this big foam pyramid and it was like this food groups. Yes, I think that was the American Gladiators was that.
1: Okay. They try to incorporate all this um educational stuff okay. into it. So yeah, yeah, that was like the nutrition wall or something like right. that, the nutrition pyramid. Yeah, yeah, that was that was from the same, the same franchise. My question I was going to ask you before we got into American Gladiators was, yeah. can you give me an example of maybe one of the stupidest game shows you ever saw?
0: Um,
1: does anything jump out immediately? There, you just I, too I mean, in and you're like, this does not work.
0: Uh, uh, actually it was kind of funny that you brought that up because i was going to ask you when did you think that uh game shows really took a turn for the worse because oh oh, reality tv yeah because that's what i was going to say because like after survivor and big brother and then uh idol everything just kind of went to shit and all all their quote-unquote game shows just became like Hey, look at all these people having fun, like Hollywood game night and all these other things. It's like Hollywood game night is kind of fun. fun. It is kind of
1: fun because, you know, the celebrities joke around and they actually get pretty good celebrities. Like I always said, like those celebrities, you know, like whether it's the celebrity apprentice or I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or whatever it was. They were just the same Idiots all the time. Barry yeah. Williams from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, the guys uh, that have literally
0: nothing else to do. Yeah,
1: it's Danny Bonagie, and, and they've got yeah. a fucking reality show with celebrities on it. Yeah. Yeah. What I liked about Family Game Night was they get, you know, you get you know, Ty Burrell and Sophia Vergara and um, Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. but You don't think they get good people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's still not my cup of tea. But
1: ah, like, I, I thought it was good. It's it's you know what? It's summertime filler.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: and that's where you get to see most most mostly nowadays.
0: That's where game shows exist. Um I think they still go throughout the regular September to May season, no? Cause it's cheap programming. So they want to like they'll put it up against like uh their whatever CBS's power hour of comedy of Chuck Laurie Swill and probably still come out on top because it's cheap. And uh, it gets ratings because people have just become so. Joe Sixpack has become so dumbed down that he's like, hey, look at these people playing game shows. That oh, looks like fun. Do you want to do it? No, I want to watch them have fun. <laughs> hey, say, say what you will. No, no.
1: The one thing about game shows is like you can watch Jeopardy on Netflix, but it's not really the same. Yeah. Like, game shows are the one area, excuse me, that still really works for network television. Yeah. Because you're not going to go back and, like, like maybe as a laugh, you'll go onto YouTube and try to look up an old episode of Hollywood Squares or something like that, you know, just for yeah. fun. But you're not going to, um, it's not going to be the same. Game shows, you always want to see new episodes. You don't want to see repeats. Yeah. You want to keep it fresh. You know what I mean? It's like sports. Yeah. And that's why the Wheel of
0: Fortune and Jeopardy are still on TV. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you there's always going to be an audience. Wheel for Fortune, me. Price is Right, all those. Yeah. Family Feud, I think, is still going strong.
1: Oh, it is. Um, and it's still Steve Harvey, and I stand by the fact that he's
0: the best <laughs> Family Feud host. Yeah, I take him over Louie Anderson or Richard Karn as much as I love Home Improvement. Yeah. Richard Dawson was pretty good back in the eighties. Well, I assume you watch repeats. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he was great in The Running Man. Do you ever see The Running Man? No. Maybe the best game show movie of all time. Uh, like The Running Man. Isn't that with Arnold? Yeah. Richard Dawson's the villain in The Running Man. Really? Yeah. So he must have had an acting career before he got on The, pri- uh, the Family Feud but because he was on the family feud, they're like, well, you got to play like this evil game show host. Why don't we get an actual game show host? That's <laughs> he's the villain. Yeah. And like, you know, Arnold goes out there. That's the one where he's like, uh, I paid to see you eat that contract, <laughs> but I hope you saved enough room for my feast. Cause I'm going to have it in your stomach. I rip up your goddamn spine. <laughs> he smashes the TV. And he's yelling that at Richard Dawson. <laughs> Classic. Oh, that is my favorite Arnold line ever. That and uh dead, put the cookie down! <laughs> no!
0: That was my two favorites. Oh. Um anyway. What uh what are two game shows, or if you can just think of one? You are frozen on my screen and you have insane bug eyes right now. It is hysterical. Uh like that's no, I can't tell you're still frozen, but uh, you look insane. I'm still frozen, you're, yeah. you're freezing up a little bit too. No oh, problem, <laughs> anyway. But, uh, okay. what are two game shows that you would never do? Oh, um,
1: Fear Factor, you know, my episode of Fear Factor is gonna involve a giant spider yeah. and falling from a tall, tall height, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna specifically cater my fears to me. So I would never do fear factor because fear is a factor for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and asking yeah. a girl out, that would be the third kid. <laughs> third thing. Wow. um and then I think so I wouldn't do that. Um I don't think I would do very well with um I don't think I'd do very well with Jeopardy to be honest with you.
0: I mean, I would try Jeopardy. I would have no problem going on Jeopardy because it seems like fun. I would just probably embarrass myself. But um, like shows, I'll I'll give you my three. Well, now that you you mentioned Fear Factor, so I'll add that Fear Factor. I'm going to say Wipeout because... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) Because...
1: (laughs) change you're so tall they'd have to change like that like, it wouldn't be fair yeah they'd have to like the other person has such an advantage because they'd have to have these giant holes for you yeah. and they're gonna put you up against I don't know some like Olympic gymnast or jockey that can fit through a, a, a mouse hole.
0: Yeah, well, not only that, I'm just thinking about, you know, when you got to run across like the little spinning wheel or you got to jump from like the ball to the ball. And like my knees would just like pop out instantly. And like I would just land like right on my friggin' dick and just get like slapped by one of those things. And I was just so basically, like it would... any game show that involves physical activity. I would do American Gladiators, but I know I would just fuck it up terribly it just looks so fun like i just want to do the friggin obstacle course where you have to shoot the get the little gun and shoot at the the gladiators i want to do that one that one looks i want to do it for fun exactly yeah 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 yeah. yeah. just you know what they should have as a bachelor party thing they should have that like rent these rooms out and get like some strong men some guys that are failed fitness trainers or something to pose as the gladiators and uh, you do you do the you do it again
1: yeah. except this time the qualifications for the contestants are basically um, cholesterol levels <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know they'll make you lift the ball with the, 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 the straw yeah. you gotta do all this stuff and you take those out of shape people how much do you smoke a day? that'd be one of the questions two packs you're in <laughs> when was the last time you saw your toes? <laughs> what did you have for third dessert? <laughs>
0: Yes those questions and there's your contestants so you and me would have a chance yeah yeah uh, but I'll tell you one other one. I don't care if I'm like 40 and still not married I would never go on the dating game like I mean online dating is as low as I'll get. I will never do the dating game. yeah <laughs> you know that's that's one where uh oof you
1: know who was there was a serial killer? Who was on the dating game? Really? Way back in the 70s. Yeah, I, I forget his name. What's up? Bryn's going to know it. What's up? Bryn, serial killer on the dating game.
0: Oh, um, fuck. <laughs> Come on. I know him.
1: <laughs> She'll get it eventually, but yeah. You,
0: what the fuck is his name?
1: I don't have the answer this time, huh? Anyhow, but yeah, he was on the dating game. <laughs> What was his name? Rodney Alcala. Rodney Alcala. That's a good name for a killer. Kill Alcala. <laughs> yeah. Um but anyway, oh, yeah, he was contestant on the dating game. He was a horrible man. Killed a bunch of people. Jeez. Um Yeah, so like even the dating game doesn't have very good standards for uh screening their contestants. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'd, I'd stay away from the dating game. Yeah. Um I remember watching this show when I was a kid that was called Buzz. So basically, that sounds familiar. you don't see the girl. It was just this parade of girls would come on for the guy. And the, and the girls would do it to the guys, too. So the girl, and the guy can test each episode. And so here come the bachelors um, and you'd ask them a question or and they would give you an answer and you whittle it down. But you keep buzzing them if you don't like them. Right. I remember one, because at the very end, the person who wins can buzz the other person okay so so this couple won. the guy selected his girl and he i uh i remember their big date was to go on a hot air balloon ride and you know the first thing the guy says to the girl is well maybe we'll see some ufos when we're up there (laughs) and she goes can i buzz i buzz like i don't even think it was an option on the show the girl's like Yeah, you don't want to date him? No, no, Buzz. (laughs) And they made it a part of the show after her. Because she did not want to go out with Mr. Alien Boy. Can
0: you imagine if he was like, uh, if they were like, we're going to take you on a romantic tour of Texas. He's like, can we see where Kennedy was assassinated by the CIA? She's like, Buzz, get me the fuck out of here. Actually, I'll give you one more about the dating
1: Yeah, because my dad used to point this out whenever this actor was on TV. Do you remember the character actor Taylor Negron? He was uh, the tomato sauce guy that did Elaine's hair on uh, Seinfeld. He was an Angels in the Outfield. They keep spilling coke on him. He's like the assistant that takes the kids around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big eyes, right? My dad told me he was on the dating game almost every week back in the 70s and never won. He had like some kind of record for most appearances because they liked him because he was an actor, right? And a lot yeah. of these people who'd perennially appear on there are actors. That's why so many actors get their starts on game shows. Um, but yeah, he would never win and was always on the dating game. And like some other people, like Steve Martin was on the dating game and he won.
0: Yeah. And like I think 40, he dyed his hair for it. 48 yeah. years later, he finally got married. Did he just get married, Steve Martin? Oh, I don't know. Like, he literally had his first kid at, like, 70. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Did Bill Bur- Bill Burr's sweating and having a kid at 50. He's got 20 years, on old silver fox. <laughs> well, Larry King waited
1: until he was, like, 75 to have his last kid. And yeah. the kid still, like, made it until his 20s and Larry was alive. Yeah, that's true. He had a good run. He had a grain run for a guy who had like a massive heart attack. He just smoked two packs a day. And he was like a two dessert guy. He loved desserts. Really? (laughs) had the heart attack, the cigarettes and the desserts. Um, Massive heart attack. But he's okay. Well, he's not okay now. He's dead. But he was okay for a long time.
0: Your brother just texted me. He said, do you remember back when we were doing the Philosopher Kings episode and I was making a big stink about that Jarvis Church video for So Beautiful? Yeah, Your brother just texted me. He said, uh, that video should have been called Before the Arrest. Not the strongest joke, but it was okay. That's all right. It's not bad. I think my rant um, is a little funnier. Here, I'll give you isn't this. got anything? Yeah. I'll give you the game show that pretty much changed game shows for the, like, the new millennium, like for into the 2000s, that we haven't brought up yet, was Who Wants to Be a oh, Millionaire? I think I know what you're going to say. Who Wants to Be a yeah. Millionaire? Yeah.
1: Do you remember what a... Do you remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> yeah. um, do you remember how huge that was? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, Regis, the most humble guy in the room, was going around. I saved the network. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and saved the network, but he he really did. ABC was floundering, and a very simple idea, but I don't know what it was about seeing someone win that gratuitous amount of money that was so enthralling. I think it was because
0: it's that Makes music. Sense. It's that light. Those, those like lighting cues. That like that sound effects where it's like, and it's like, yeah. and they they just do all the like the sw- uh the big like it's a friggin' rock concert and stuff. They're doing like the jib arm swings, the intense zoom ins, the taking the sweet time between cuts. Uh, Like, they're focusing on the contestant's face. They're focusing on Regis's face. They're letting it flush itself out. There's all this tension and drama, whereas everything else is just kind of like, you get like 10 seconds. What is this? I'll take this. Oh, I'm sorry. You lose $10. You know what I mean? But you know what killed who wants to be a millionaire? What's that? Someone winning a million dollars.
1: Really? Because, well... Think about it. Were you interested
0: in the show anymore once you were like, oh, it can be done? I, I mean, you know, it's, it's still like, it's still the top of the mountain. Like, you know, once that first person climbed Everest, that doesn't mean it's still any easier to climb Everest.
1: I, I think do you think it's, it's funny that you just made that analogy about, about climbing Everest. Because not Everest, the Andes. I remember the first time anyone got the first question wrong. And it was a tough question. It yeah. was, what did Hannibal use to cross the Andes? And of course, yeah. he crossed the Andes on elephants. But I didn't know that when I was watching the show. Yeah. And again, this really hard first question felt so bad for the guy. I think they brought him back. I still don't think he did that well. I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I always. But they felt, did bring him back. I always felt so bad. I would feel like a big a hole if I didn't even get out of that like first gate. If I couldn't even, or like even those people who they think they know it and they don't even bother phoning a friend or doing one of them, like it's embarrassing to try to have to use one of your lifelines that early. But like if you don't use them and you still get it wrong, it's like don't you feel like a dumb dumb? <laughs>
1: Um, what was I getting at again? The um, the thing what was I talking about?
0: The Andy's oh, millionaire, religious? millionaire,
1: yeah. millionaire. Yeah, I do remember that being the excitement of the show. Though was you've set this goal, can anybody actually do it? And you yeah. knew that it's achievable enough that someone might be able to do it, but it took long enough.
0: Yeah,
1: that because if the first contestant won a million dollars, you've got nothing. Yeah, I think it was the fact that it took so long for someone right. to get it. It's like it's like watching a 300 game in bowling. Yeah. And you and me have been there and seen people get to 280s, 290s back when you and me used to do Saturday morning bowling. Yeah. You'd see some of the kids get pretty high up, but I don't think I ever saw a perfect game. And you know it can be done. You just never seen it before your eyes. Yeah. So it's like you, you need it's something you need to see. Could it happen with this guy? Could it happen with that girl? Let's see. Yeah. You know what I mean. That was the big thing about who wants to be a millionaire because you knew when someone got the million dollars, it'd be history because that was the, the big thing, large prize in game show history.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, it worked for a while. Then it just became, you know, another game show.
0: Yeah, but still, it was uh, um, for, for its time. It was like it was our big cultural touchstone. Like the '90s and '80s and all that had like Jeopardy as the big one and you know, other people had their game shows. We had our, our generation had millionaire and like survivor and then idol yeah. and then everything went to hell. <laughs> so, well, I would say that the, the one of those reality game shows, cause I, I love
1: survivor. The first, I think I got this three seasons and then occasionally I would come back. Cause my parents would be watching a season. I find myself getting hooked right away. Cause that's the thing with survivor. Yeah. You can get hooked when you're not intending to. Um, cause it's very addictive television. Yeah. Um, I think, though, the only one of those, like, reality-based game shows I have any interest in doing just because it looks like so much fun would be The Amazing Race. Yeah. It's nonstop competition. The hardest part is picking the person that you do it with. And I'll be honest with you, Brian. I love you. We're my (laughs) best friends. You are my best friend. I'm getting here.
0: I don't think I'd want to do the amazing race with you. No, I will. First of all, I'm I'm being humble here, and I will slow you down, because you know me. I would not run for that cab. I'd be like, we'll get the next one. Uh, I'm not running for that plane. We'll get the next one. You know what I mean? I'm uh, like, I would slow any partner down until I. I'm not worried about your speed, though, because I've seen people who weren't the most
1: athletic do very well on that show. Okay. I'm worried about you, the fact that we get into a disagreement pretty early and that's the secret to the amazing race is getting yeah. along with your partner for the duration yeah we get into a fight right away you'd probably kick our bags or chuck them into the cornfields <laughs> out of frustration <laughs> they'd stop talking to me
0: and that'd be the end of you and me on the Amazing Race. Yeah, they'd be like, uh, "We noticed by day three, you where'd your luggage end up? Oh, I left it in the Sahara. What the hell did you do that for?" That is pissing me off. <laughs> they got people to go collect it, and the luggage would be fine. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> like I, I ah, you see that all the time on that show. People yeah. just fighting. The secret is getting along <laughs> when there's pressure and when there's yeah. disagreement.
0: So, who do you, you think? Know, those uh, teams win. Who do you think you would take then? I, I don't know. I feel like you and your missus wouldn't do uh, the greatest either because I, I feel like she would chirp you too much. You just get so mad. You know, no, nah, but you know, I don't get mad at the chirping because the chirping's out of love.
1: Um, I think Brent and I would do pretty good because we're a good yin and yang. We've got the good ability, both of us, to get calm when the other's upset so that would hopefully balance out the team i hope (laughs) i think that way we'd
0: be doing okay um yeah i think we do okay do you think there's anyone on of our group of friends who i could do the amazing race with Actually, I think I could probably do it with Campbell because yeah. I I I never get that mad at Mike to be perfectly honest and uh he just he'll just always undercut me at every chance he gets. so I'll just put up with it because I'm like, I no, you, you,
1: you 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 throw your bags into the Sahara, he'll break out as usual. I'm embarrassed to be seen with." You. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He's like, Brian, that how you usually is 35 that usually cut go you, get those
1: bags." But that that little remark is usually cutting enough to get you to kind of, "All right, all right, all right." Yeah. Now yeah, so you, you you might do well with him. Park still, no. My brother, no. I mean, no. Your
0: brother, probably not. <laughs> no. um, yeah. My That's brother not. wouldn't stop washing his damn hands. You never get out of the airport.
1: So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's the amazing race. I like the amazing race. Um, what about you got anything else? Oh, okay. You, you got some more. You got some more bullets at the chamber.
0: No, well, I'm just like uh, I'm just trying to think. You were always a big fan of Idol, or at least you always liked the first couple of weeks when they had just the yeah. dred- the, the few the dredge of talent pullers, like the the William Hungs. But <laughs> I, they get uh, they they like, unlike William Hung, the other people get drummed out like they should. When I need a laugh,
1: Brian. Sometimes I'll be like that at work. If I've had too much work during the day, I'll just go to YouTube and I need a laugh. And I just go to those bad auditions, Yeah. and I don't care if it's from the American version of Idol or as long as Simon's there, you know he's going to take him down a peg. So that's what I'm looking for: Simon more than anything yeah. else. But uh, those bad auditions—do you ever see the one he had these two girls on, and they were really nervous? So I guess the other girl though was just i don't know she wanted to show off she started just being really rude to the judges and to the audience told the audience to shut up (laughs) and uh she natalie imbruglia was one of the uh, judges and she like gave her some criticism she's like who are you who are you right and so the friend as they're leaving reached back and she punched her friend in the face (laughs) it was crazy and so they're backstage fighting and the, the the security comes out there and he's telling the judges what's going on so don't worry, we got them separated right now and their, oh their parents God. are taking them home. He goes, before they leave, can you give them a message, please? Yes, yes, I'll do that, Simon. Tell them it's four no's. Like, how Cutting is that guy. They know they didn't make it on the show. Their friendship is falling apart. They sent this guy to tell them. Just so you know, Simon wants you to know that he didn't make it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just an extra. just saw the wound. Yeah. All right. I'll leave you last, last... St- genre of game show all right because i know this is in your wheelhouse you love this shit the cooking what you got the cooking cooking yes i love
1: cooking game shows yes um god my
0: favorite Ah, oh. you like kitchen you know, it's interesting the the, but the the British guy, the Gordon Ramsay shit. You liked all that? Ramsey. Right? Oh, I love Hell's Kitchen. That was it. Hell's Kitchen. And I used to watch Hell's Kitchen
1: before um, my shifts when I were to Boston Pizza to get me psyched up for the line. Yeah. Because what I would face, you know, it wasn't nearly the pressure they would face. Yeah. But it was a different kind of pressure. You still got to perform and you're still dealing. It's it's one of the worst environments to work with because everybody's on edge. Right. And everybody's rushing and everyone's stressed. So when you're dealing with a room full of stressed people, it's... There's it, it's very tough, so I used to watch that just to get into the mood to pre stress. So when I went in there, I was already stressed, so I could get my shit done quick. That was yeah. my philosophy. Um, yeah, no, I love Hell's Kitchen. Um, uh, started actually, they're all on uh, like the Roku channel, so I've been watching uh, something okay. recently. Um, the other cooking game shows, like I don't really watch a whole lot of chopped as you might think, or a whole lot of um, what's the uh. Top Chef. Brown one. Top (laughs) Top Chef, I liked. Like Top Chef. I like the next Food Network star. I really like that one. Um, There's a food truck one called The Great Food Truck Race that I really like. That's like the amazing race. Race, but with cooking because you're racing right. around in your, your food trucks Um, although everyone always gets there at the same time it's not yeah. really
0: much. For did you ever see that episode of Brooklyn Nine oh, Nine no. where Boyle is the food truck and he's doing this like drag race with another yes. guy's truck he's like <laughs> looking like a loon
1: that's hilarious <laughs> it was, it's the one where he gets was like uh, Santiago and uh, Gina had like volunteer to help him because his other two guys quit Yeah, and he's like just like well, what rule I have on this You call me chef, and they're like, "Are you serious?" He's like, (laughs) "Does that Brian last nod the real?" (laughs) And so they make some cut the cut the sandwich again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But our next food truck race, I like. Um, Yeah, but I'm not so big on chopped. And what's the other one? It's the um the Alton Brown hosts it, and it's like chopped, only different. Like there's like penalties you can incur, like where you got cooked with your hand tied behind your back for the whole round. Um, or like your comp your competitor picks your ingredients or they can steal your ingredients. What's that show
0: called? I don't know. I've never seen that. That's one. a good one. I Shit.
1: that's gonna bug me. That's pretty good.
0: I watched yeah. or I worked on the first season of Top Chef, Canada. Oh cool, yeah. I know about that. Unfortunately, I didn't get in as one of the actual like PAs on the crew crew, like filming it, but they like, we have room for you as in the post-production department. And they're like, we need a transcriber. So I had to transcribe all the interviews with the chefs. Um, And so, you know, the stuff where they're like, you know, because they have to, when they're doing it, it's you know act like you're even though this was recorded like two weeks later or the next day or whatever it is yeah. it's like um you're like so i was ma- i was making the uh i was making the risotto whatever the fuck and they're like oh no you got to put yourself in like the 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 interviewer's like no, no you got to put it in like the present tense so they kept having to correct them to make it like so it's like oh so wow the, the, so i'm listening that's to a all cool that. peek behind the curtain huh yeah and so they're really yeah. to, show, to show how sta- like the cooking and stuff obviously it's fair game because if people screw it up that's on them but like the the writing aspect because when you see a whole writing staff on like on reality tv shows you're like why the hell does this shit need a writing staff now you kind of get a better yeah. idea why yeah um these so- people aren't
1: actors either no, you know, like that can't be easy for them.
0: No, because you can, actually I heard a couple where like it sounded like the guy was starting to get a little frustrated because he was already one of the chefs that was eliminated. So he's just like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, he oh, wasn't, geez, he wasn't. He wasn't like being as that aggressive, but you could tell it in his tone. He's just like, I want to get the fuck out. I'm, I'm done with this shit. I didn't make it. But I remember this one chef. I'm pretty sure his name was Jamie. He was the biggest fucking turd because he kept he was ever. Everyone's kind of like a punching bag. Like, no one seemed to like him that much. He was trying to, like, uh, he was a bit of a try hard chef. He thought he was better than I was. And he kept skating by. He kept skating by. And then he would win certain, like, the occasional challenge that, you know, got uh where he'd skate to the next round and stuff but then he he just botched this one thing that he was he was calling it was like oh is this great pork belly and something something and then I saw like the interview with like Mark McEwen and he's just, like he's calling that pork belly this is shit <laughs> and he just <laughs> He's ripping his ass up. And uh, so he's just like, I thought he's like, I thought that dish was better to good enough to make it to the next round. And da, da, da. and like the other people are just like, that was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> so that was fun. But I'd be up till like because they tell the one thing that does. No. No, I was just going to say I'd be up till like four in the morning sometimes because I'd be sitting in the post-production house, like in the office and they'd be filming all day, waiting for the footage to come in, and then wait for my audio files so I could transcribe them for the for the editors. So I'd be. I remember one night I got out at three in the morning, and then I was I was leaving because this is right in the uh, entertainment district, like King and Spadina was where my office was, and yeah, in, in Toronto. And so I cross the street. I hear a bunch of like. What sounds it's clearly a fight going on right behind me. I'm just like, I'm too tired. I'm ignoring this shit. So I hear like I hear like punches Ian being told totally about this. yeah. I hear yes, but the our our faithful five listeners haven't heard the story. So I'm gonna tell it. Um <laughs> No, I'm just chiming in. Yeah, yeah, I know the story. Go ahead. Yeah, so I hear, like, feet shuffling, scuffing on the concrete. I hear punches. I hear some of the screaming. And then, like, literally the second I get onto the curb, I just hear, like, four sirens just go just busting down uh, King Street. And they just uh, went in. They broke up the fight. They had to go into the club I think there was someone else. And there was a whole, oh a whole rowdy God. down. <laughs> what were you saying? That's when you hold up your hands and you say, my name's Paul.
1: This is Tween Y'all. <laughs> exactly no, what I was going to say is the thing about those cooking shows that bugs me is they never really quite recognize the true merit of a good chef. Yeah. Like Ramsey, like you can have the best palate in the world and be able to create the best signature dish in the world, but you can be shit online, you know, or you can, be great online and keep up, but you can't lead the kitchen to save your life and get lost yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just a terrible choice to lead a kitchen. Well, I think that's one of the things that bugs me so much about the cooking shows. Cause I remember one guy, he was on hell's kitchen, like two episodes, got eliminated. He's well known. Cause there was this, there's this guy named Joseph and Joseph was like a former Marine. He was a real hothead, but Ramsey looked at him as a man of honor. Yeah. Like Joseph. And then he asked <laughs> Joseph for two, two names. Joseph's like, "Ah, they know who they are. They can speak for themselves. And he's like, hey, smartass, give me the two names. They know who they are. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't give Ramsey's straight answer. So this guy's like, I'm not no bitch, chef. And he <laughs> ran up to like, try to fight Ramsey. And the reason why I bring that guy up, anyhow, I still think he was an industry plant. Although yeah. some people say he wasn't. Because there is a little tinkering when you get these reality-based shows. Yeah. But the guy did get eliminated that episode. He was only on for like two episodes. They made him look like he was totally lost in the kitchen. The guy has been on uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. He's been on um, The Secret Shopper, which is actually a really fake game show. But still, he's been on two Big Food Network shows to promote his restaurant, which is a huge success in Chicago. So this guy clearly is a good chef. He makes good food. He just didn't work well in the wacky world of Ramsey. Well, that's like no. Uh, so, that's that's why I don't I don't quite like it because sorry. Just because you get kicked off one of those shows doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad chef.
0: Oh yeah, and people think that oh he's terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just for example, like we both watch that YouTube channel Binging with Babish. Now he's not a professional yes. chef by any stretch of the imagination. He'll be the first
1: uh, first to say it.
0: Yeah, but he yeah. gets he gets so much money and stuff and he gets his uh he buys these flashy little Rolexes and his fancy scotches and shit and he's, he's got like a huge nice house in Brooklyn just by not even being a professional chef. And I watched this video where uh this guy who hosts like I don't know if it's a burger show or what it is, but he's this big fat guy who has a couple of small restaurants, but uh he's I think I like, know the guy you're talking about, yeah. Uh, so he had him work out in his kitchen uh, just to try him out on the line, just to see how he would do. I saw that. And yeah. he was sweating. He was frigging fucking up everything. And so it yeah. goes to show like, you know, you can plan out and research and do all these great meals for your little show, but, you know, working on the fly, being part of everything, that's a whole other beast. So any, anyone who can last in a kitchen or run a kitchen, my hat's off to you. Cause I couldn't do that shit. <laughs> It also goes to show
1: you in this day and age of YouTube. All you need is an idea yeah. that can get hits.
0: Well, that's why I actually like that. Uh, that's it. Out of the cooking like celebrity people, the, the one that I respect the most is this kid is he's like probably like twenty-five years old or something. His name is Joshua Weissman. Uh he actually worked in kitchens. Like he never has any formal culinary. He just literally started from the ground and worked his way up on the line. And you know, he he loves cooking. And you can see it in his little videos. They're, they're kind of goofy and he puts his own flair into it and uh, and he's become very successful. But he actually could, you know, you could probably throw him back out on the line and he'd probably be okay. Cause he's so he's a legit, he's the real McCoy. Yeah. Whereas Babish, as much as I like his shows, he's a big fat phony.
1: He's not a, you know what? I think if he was trying to pass himself off as his big wood chef, you'd have a thing, but he goes out and tells you, I know, you but know? I just, I want to do, I want to cook the food I saw on TV. So I did it and I fell open. Yeah, I know. And turns up, talking, that's Something a
0: lot of people want to see. I know, but he's got his own like chef's knives, like this Babish brand. Like you should, it's almost like a, uh, Oh yeah. It's like one of those people going to a Goodwill buying like a military thing, like getting a lapel and putting a bronze star and have everyone call you Sarge. Like someone is just like being a poser. There's people that work hard to become a chef and to earn the title of chef. So what what happens, what happens if Canada
1: FM takes off and we get some really spiffy mics with mic flashes that say Canada FM, some nice headphones and, and you're not a broadcaster. You've never worked an on-air shift. How
0: uh how would you feel if someone threw that at you? Okay. First of all, I actually went to broadcasting school. If he went to a culinary academy and got his red stripe or whatever the hell those things are called, or that the red seal. Michelin's
1: no, it's restaurants, yeah. Red seal, red seal. Yeah.
0: If he got his red seal and he just never worked in a, a restaurant himself, I'd say fine. I actually went to broadcasting school and I have the waste of like sixteen thousand dollars in debt to prove it. Um <laughs> Whereas, so, yeah, I focused on film, which I did work in, film and television, briefly. As much as I prefer to work in radio, I just never went down that path. So, I feel like you've adequately backed up your point. Thank
1: you. All right. Well, I guess that does. it. Unless
0: you got any more game show talk, you want to get out there? No, I'm. Anything that. else? I Anything else we, coming? We covered. I mean, unless you want to get into a spirited debate about why Jervis was not was the worst contestant on Survivor. It was I like tool. Jervis. You know why I like
1: Jervis? Okay. We're gonna get back to Survivor season one.
0: Yes, Jervis had
1: an element of cool about him. Okay. Second of all, he told off Sue Hawk, who gave that real bitchy speech <laughs> uh, to Kelly. When Kelly was up against Richard, remember she's like, "If you're a, dying in the desert." Oh, right! I forgot about that. And she was just awful to her because she felt she felt that Kelly had screwed her over somehow. Yeah. But you watch it and like she didn't screw her over at all. It just people didn't like Sue, and she didn't get through. Yeah, that's all it was, you know. Um, and she took it so personally and was just such a jerk to Kelly. And uh, Jervis saw that and he uh, voted for Kelly to win. And he did this big speech. He called Sue and he did it so perfectly. He wasn't being a jerk or he called her a sore loser, which is what she was being. It wasn't derogatory in any sense. He got his point out right across. Boom. He had the last laugh there. Although I don't think any of them did. She got invited back for a bunch of all-stars. And I don't think he, he did get invited back eventually for an all-stars he did. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it took him a little while. So. But still, I, he was my guy. And he did, like, an orange juice commercial at some point. I thought he was going to be more famous. It was on the Hugh He did an episode of the Hugh Um, Yeah, I think Like, know. well, who's the, the check? who did? Colleen was the one that was in uh, The Animal with Rob Schneider.
0: Right. And, obviously, yeah. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah, she carved a, a very successful career for, for herself on
1: The View. Uh, and then Richard Hatch would just appear in just about everything, just on the guy from Survivor. Hello. <laughs> Um, but his star faded then pretty Boston quick. And Boston Rob, it? the guy. Uh, no, because Richard Hatch, basically, he took the uh, approach where it's, I'm known for winning on a game show. I'm just going to keep appearing on game shows. Right. So he did a bunch of different editions of Survivor. He did the first season of the Celebrity Apprentice. He did a season of um, The Biggest Loser, which I used to watch actually quite a bit. The Biggest Loser. He did that. Um, I think he was on the Surreal Life, which was the like show that had like Omarosa, Dave Coulier, and all these like washed-up <laughs> celebrities living together. It wasn't much of a game show, but yeah. Um, I think he did that. Yeah, he just he'd find a, a, a way to, to stay hip and with it. And he, he built a pretty good career out of just appearing on shit. <laughs> um, and then who was the other person? Um, You're talking about Boston? Um, Rob? Oh, yeah. Boston Rob. That guy became a, a professional um, uh, survivor contestant. Basically, I remember people going, he was on The Amazing Race for a season. My dad loves these sci-fi uh, reality shows where they talk about Bigfoot and aliens and shit. And one of the Boston Rob was on the show as like one of the panelists, because he was the skeptic the, you know, street smart Boston guy to be the skeptic. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, he built his whole career, just appearing on Survivor. And then when he finally won, everyone was like, oh, I finally won. I'm like, do you see what's wrong with this? You shouldn't have finally won. You know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. keep Bringing you back on Jeopardy because they like your moxie. You know yeah. what I mean. You, you, you just you you win when you're actually on the show. Yeah. You know, if anything, he's like a four time loser, which is even tougher to do than with the winning all the time.
0: If only he ah. was Buffalo Rob. Get it, Buffalo Rob. Buffalo Rob. Can you call him a four time loser Can you like rock the Buff- Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, like the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yes. Way over my head, but right over my head. This is why you didn't... I was thinking the Sabres.
1: I was like the Sabres. And didn't they only played two Stanley Cups They This
0: balls. is why you didn't win wonderfully witty in high school. This is why you won Lyrical F, because you're just this big ham with the ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Any other contestants who I liked on game shows that you want to grill me about because you don't like them? When did you give up? Like, I know you said you kind of came back and forth into Survivor. Yeah, I came back a couple of times. What was the first one that, like, because I gave up. I think I watched watched the first one, and then I watched the Outback. And then, like, literally, if I see episode three of Africa, I was like, uh, there's something that happened that kind of turned me, and I was like, I don't like this. Africa, Survivor Africa, the
1: cast was just not... As fun, yeah. Does that make I'd, sense? I'd agree with that. Yeah, they just like okay. You had your characters in the first one. You had your characters in Australia. Yeah. You had people you could latch on to with both. Yeah. But by the time you got to, you had some other people that were kind of fun, but. Survivor Africa as a whole was just a bit of a dud in terms of fun contestants you know yeah and that's when I realized that the show's only as good as the contestants and I don't think I went back and I you know I did jump back in a couple times because occasionally you get some real interesting contestants and either be really smart at how they played or they'd be big jerks and you want (laughs) to see them eliminated that's the thing too a lot of these shows where it's up to like someone to to pick and choose who stays on those jerks will last forever yeah. because you know that everyone was, remember how happy we are when jerry got voted off We yeah. <laughs> watched it together oh finally thank god jerry didn't win because she was <laughs> such a jerk and she was manipulating everybody yeah. you know we were so happy jerry didn't win um that's uh that's ratings though jerry yeah, the Jerry's of the world, the Omaroses of the world, their their ratings. Yeah, that's so how it is. We we watch the show to see people get eliminated, ultimately, not to see people win.
0: Yeah, I mean. Sometimes when you have, like, I'm sure people did the big survivor viewing parties for the finale and stuff to see who would win, but, like, on the yeah. whole, what kept you engaged? It's almost like a murder mystery. It's like, who's going to get get bit next? You know, who's going to get 86th? So. Yes. And if it was someone you like, yeah, you'd actually kind of feel for them, and you'd, uh, you know... People will be talking about it at school the next day. It's like, I'm still not over so-and-so getting the boot. And then if you were, if if it was someone you hated, you reveled in it because we're all terrible people at our heart. Yeah, I know. I remember Survivor Australia had a big crush on Elizabeth.
1: She got on The View and I didn't have such a big crush on her anymore. But uh, she was on Survivor. I really liked her. (laughs) And then she got, uh, she got voted off. And I was really sad that episode.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the other things that had Africa had it going against it was like the scenery wasn't so great. Cause you know, like when you when you watch like the other ones, you had this nice ocean scenery, yeah. beach. Uh in some of the challenges, you know, there's swimming ones and stuff, whereas Africa is just this big desolate pit. Like I think they might have had one swimming hole where they when could you actually see, like, you're, shower you're and in you're in the
1: planets, but you like sometimes you see, but sometimes like elephants would come by. Yeah. And giraffes would come by, like. They were in there amongst the wildlife. Yeah. They weren't that sheltered. Although they were in a sense that, no, no one's going to get eaten by a lion. We're going to keep <laughs> that from happening. But still. Yeah. But no, Survivor Africa is, you, you got to have an island. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need water. This yeah. is where the island ends. <laughs> you know, you need to, you need an island to do Survivor right.
0: There's a reason why Castaway did so well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly location is everything.
0: All right. Is that it? I think we've uh, done a nice venture down our childhood of uh, different childhood game shows and the ones we grew up with. And uh, if anyone's listens to this in the next day or two, when this airs, hopefully, you know, you start waxing nostalgic about game shows that we might've missed. I'm sure there's plenty because there's so many crap ones that I just refuse to watch, but uh, like, I'm sure there's probably some before our time, like, um, let's make a deal or some shit that people like that we're completely over our heads. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. We got to <laughs> yeah. we gotta draw shit. That was a fun one. Or the original um, pyramid.
1: Yeah. Or a uh, password. Yeah. Password was a good one. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to be back to our regular schedule. Uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, the, Oh, my God, I can't get it out. <laughs> Regularly scheduled programming. There it is. Uh, this week, and I can't promise you when the episode's going to air, our next uh, Canada FN episode about Serial Joe. Um, but it's going to be worth the wait. I'll throw that out there. We're trying something new. We're doing something that I think a lot of you are going to like. I would leave it at that.
0: And if it works, and if it sounds good, and if it's well-received, maybe we'll try to do something similar down the line. Why do I sound down the like line. Phil oh, Donahue? The line. Not because we were talking game shows the whole time, so we want to talk big big broadcast voices. That's a whole another episode, talk shows, but we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> That's another episode. All right, so until sometime this
1: weekend when we air the uh, Serial Joe episode of Canada FM, I'm Ted. I'm Brian. Yeah, but, uh, what's, a, what's a good game show ending to this?
0: Uh, spin that wheel. I don't know. Nah, oh, wheel have, your pens, have your pets have your pets spayed or neutered. Thank you. Ugh, stupid Bob Barker and his politics. <laughs>
1: There you go. Might check 1212.
0: Yeah.